You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When you see the word God, especially in in the uh, Old Testament, which was primarily written in Hebrew, you get diverse names for God. We we see the English word God, but but. You have Hebrew words like Yehovah, El, Elohim. The particular word used here for God is the Hebrew word El. El refers to God as being a number of things, but I only want to talk about a few things. Number one, it refers to him about being invincible. God cannot be defeated. He cannot be defeated. And when you understand God, that means that he is not going to allow his children to be defeated. Woo! When all is said and done, God is going to take care of his folk. That's the reason we have references uh, in the Old and the New Testament that say to us that God will never leave us nor forsake us, but he'll be with us always. Now, there are times we may lose around, but you're not going to be defeated. Yeah, you, you fell, and, and it seemed like the count was fitting to be in the enemy's favor. But no, God came to give you the victory, came that you might have life, and that more abundantly. God is so awesome to where even in death, what looks like or what the world calls defeat, we yet get the victory. It's incapable or it cannot be done in reference to God that is defeat because of how awesome he is. He's invincible. And we need to understand that. We need to understand as his children that as long as we follow him, even though we experience lose, experience devastation, experience this, that, and the other, 
God is not going to allow us to be defeated. Well, Pastor, I don't understand what you're saying because I lost such and such. Yeah, you lost it, but look what God did after the loss. <laughs> Pastor, it seemed like it got worse when I pray. Yeah, it got worse, but look what happened after it got worse. Why does it turn out such a way? Again, because our God is invincible, incapable of being defeated. And if we are following him correctly, likewise, he is not going to allow defeat to happen to us. And it's hard for some of us to receive and accept that. That's the reason we have a problem telling folk what the scripture says about us. What do you mean, preacher? Such as we are more than conquerors. More than a conqueror? It's certain things that turn me every which way. But look, you are more than a conqueror. They may have turned you a certain way, but it wasn't over because God didn't permit it to be over. Again, you may have lost one round, but God will not allow you to be defeated. Say to somebody one more time for me, God is invincible. And if we follow the invincible God, just like he cannot be defeated, he will not allow us to be defeated. He'll make your enemies, enemies that are stronger than you, enemies that are bigger than you, your foot stool. Second thing we need to understand about L is that, and this is hard for some folks, but, but I need you to receive. Or just listen to me and try to receive. Nothing is too hard for God. And by now, if, if you're not listening to me with God conscious ears, you think I'm crazy. But nothing is too hard. For God. Nothing. Let me show you something. Go with me to Genesis. Go with me to the book of Genesis. Chapter 18. We'll start at verse 10. This is uh, the Lord talking to Abraham and, and Sarah is listening. Genesis 18, 10. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. No big deal, woman have children all the time. Right? 
Y'all act like y'all didn't believe that. <laughs> Say your neighbor, women have children. And God told Abraham, his wife going to have a child. So, okay, Lord, she going to have a child. But see, the only thing here is that she is past childbearing age. The monthly flow has ceased. She is at the age of not a great grandmama, but a great, great, and in our day and time, great, great, great grandmama. So he's telling a great, great, great grandmama, you're going to have a baby. A great, great grandmama that has been trying for years. That's something, isn't it? Now, see, the thing with us, if we heard somebody say that in our day and time, we, we would just automatically say, ain't no way that woman, I know that woman. Ain't no way that woman had no baby. Ain't no way she pregnant. These are only real folk right in here. They, they just, he right. Ain't nobody going to believe no great, great, great grandmama. But notice this. Again, Genesis 18 and 10, and he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life, and behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening to the tent door which was behind him. So Abraham didn't see him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed, but notice, within herself. She didn't, she didn't laugh out loud, but she, she laughed. And this is what she said as she was laughing within herself. After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also. Well, and the Lord said to Abraham, are you asking, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Why she laugh, Abraham? Abraham, what's up with your wife? You haven't been telling your wife how awesome I am? What's wrong with your children? You haven't been telling your children what I can do? Walker, what's wrong with them deacons and your ministers in your church? You haven't told them how awesome I am? So why are they laughing when I told them better is here and better is coming? Why, why are they laughing? Do they think because it's a pandemic I still... Walker, why they ain't believing? Why they laughing about it? We done went from Sarah to the house, ain't we? Yeah. 
did Sheila have? Abraham. Ask him. Then ask her. Ask him. That's amazing, isn't it? Verse 14. Is anything too hard for me? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I, did, I didn't laugh. Sarah didn't just deny, she laughed. She lied. She laughed within, but she got to understand God can hear everything <laughs> and can see everything. But notice this, for she was afraid, and he said, no, but you did laugh. If God said you laughed, you laughed. Is anything too hard for me? Is anything impossible? Now, see, you have to understand what Jesus really dealt with this when it came to his disciples. He, he didn't ask them if it was anything too hard for God, but he let them know point blank. When it comes to God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. It's just like I wish y'all would have looked at the faces up here when I said you can't be defeated when you follow God. Some of you are just like. But you have to understand if we if we are doing 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, if we are following God the way we should follow him, if he ain't going to be defeated and we following him, guess what? We're not going to be defeated. God meant what he said. No weapon that is against you shall what? But see, often we, we are so programmed in what the world wants us to think. To where when you hear certain things that I'm saying that are based upon the written word of God, we don't receive it. That's the reason we have to deprogram ourselves from time to time. We have to lay aside weight, sin. We have to be careful who we allow to speak into our life. It's one thing to listen, but it's another thing to allow garbage to get in you. Y'all all right? And, and so you have to understand when it comes to El or our God that nothing is too hard for him or nothing is impossible for him. He can do it. Often we are our biggest enemy when it comes to receiving the things of God because we won't allow our faith to trust in what he said. Remember when it comes to faith according to Hebrews 11 and 6. That's what causes God to release the reward. Without faith, it is impossible to what? Please me. If you don't please me, I can't do it. But if you have faith and diligently seek me, I'll open up the windows, pour you out a blessing. You won't have room to put it. Now, the second thing we need to understand about God, or El, is that he is the maker. 
a creator of heaven and earth. Let me show you something. Let's go to Psalm 121. Y'all say with me. I spent more time on this first point than, than I thought I was going to, but I, but I needed to convince you. Needed the word to get in you. It's hard to go on when you can't get the first thing. <laughs> Psalm 121, first two verses. David said, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. He's going to make sure his focus is in the right place. He was going to make sure his focus was in the right place. See, if, if in this pandemic, the only thing you're thinking about is the pandemic, your focus is not in the right place. Your focus has to be in the right place. will lift my eyes to the hills and notice what he says from whence comes my help that seems ridiculous you looking up just at a regular hill or a mountain for some help but see that's how David described his focus that his focus was just on one, one thing one thing And that's how we have to be. We have, we have to be primarily focused on God and all that pertains to him. I'm not telling you to be ignorant to your surroundings, what's going on. No, we are three-part big. We are spirit, soul, and body. And our soul should be conscious of our surroundings. But our soul should never be our guide. God gave you spirit. Your spirit is your God consciousness. Or your awareness that God exists. See, even when you don't see God with your natural eyes. In your spirit, you know that he exists. Even when you don't see that it's going to turn out in your faith, in your spirit, you know that it's going to work out for your good. I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. But look, notice how he goes on. His help comes from the Lord, but notice who made heaven and earth you, you think God gonna let something or somebody take over what he made now he'll permit a whole lot of things to happen here on earth but you think God gonna allow something or somebody to take over what he made you got to be out your mind if you think that you think if God told you he was going to take care of you, he was going to do this, that, and the other, he going to allow something or somebody to say that he's a liar? That he ain't going to do what he said? 
God made this. Now, now David here talked about him being the creator of heaven and earth. But in another psalm, he decreed it a little more plain when he, when he said, The earth is the Lord and is fullness. Then he said, Everything that's in it and even everybody that's in it. See, our focus got to be right. I heard a preacher say, there's nasty air out here. I said, man, wait a minute now. God is the one that's, that, that's in control of the air. I said, understand something. If we didn't have this air, we couldn't breathe. Now, he may permit certain things to come in the atmosphere that we have to be careful about, but never disrespect his creation. He permits things, but he will never allow anything that he permits to go against his purpose or his will. He permitted Satan to test Job, but in giving him permission, he also let say, no, I'm still the maker, though. You can touch him in this place and in that, but you better not do such and such. Satan so respected what God told him to do and what not to do to where when you read when he went to Job, everything God told him he could do, he did it. And everything God told him not to do, he did not do it. We got to wake up. We got to know who our God is. We got to know that our God is invincible. We have to know that he's omnipotent and he can do anything save fail. And the one thing God cares about is his children to the point to where he boldly tells folks, don't you touch my anointed. Don't you touch folks that I gave their life to me. Don't you touch folks that spend day in and day out praying to me. Don't you touch my children. God get upset when folks touch his children. The enemy has started messing with Israel and God got so upset with the enemy to where he told Israel, y'all just stand still. This going to be my fight. I'm going to step in and take care of these enemies. You just watch the salvation of God. Some of us act like we don't know who we serve. We don't know who our creator is. When writers pen stuff like he is the alpha and the omega, the author and the finisher, that lets us know that God is in complete control. He's omniscient. Nothing happens without him allowing it. Well, this just the, yeah, but he, uh, he allowed the enemy to do it. Nothing happens without God's permission. Don't give the enemy God's credit. Don't think the enemy has authority over the will of God. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not my word. That's what Jesus said. My word is going to stand. And 
so he is the maker. Jack leg preachers say he is God made. Now God still make. <laughs> if you're a jack leg preacher, I ain't trying to talk about you. I'm just, but I'm just saying, some, some preachers say God made, and then he stopped. No, God still make. <laughs> I said God still make. Some of us, the reason you still breathing here on earth is because God made what the doctors say couldn't be made. God turned around what the doctor said couldn't be turned around. God fixed what the lawyer said couldn't be fixed. Why? He's still the maker. He's still the creator. He's still doing things for his people. He says things like, I'm going to do a new thing. What does that say about him? That he's getting ready to make something happen. He's getting ready to use his creative power. I'm going to create a new thing on earth. And he does it. And so we have to be to the point to where we understand who our God is. And when you understand who he he is and how he watches over his children, that should take away that thing that God never gave you. What is that? The spirit of fear. It should take it away. All of us are naturally fearful about certain things. I was dealing with some hornets yesterday. Yeah, I was naturally fear. I wasn't going to just run in there and just start picking them up with my hand. No, I was standing back dealing with them hornets. But I'm not going to allow a demon to dictate to me what God is not going to do. I believe God's word. I'm a 66 preacher. I believe what God said from Genesis to Revelation. Are you a Genesis Christian? Are you a Revelation Christian? That means you are a 66 Christian. You believe what God said from Genesis to Revelation. But back in Psalm 18 and 30, the psalmist went on to say, notice this, as for God, his way is perfect, without error. His way is without error. His way is Flawless. See, see, in the day and time we're living in, you, you're getting a lot of opinions. God don't have no opinion about it. He has truth. Why? Everything he says is perfect. Without error. Without wonder. Without doubt. His way is Perfect. Now, way in the verse 
connotes God's method. Understand, his way is singular in the verse. His method, his path, his guide. When it comes to God's method, guide, away, he will always guide based upon his word. Written and revealed. From Genesis to Revelation, you see the pattern. When it comes to the way of God, the way of God will always be based upon his written and revealed word. Always. Why is that? Because he heals his word. And we know John 1 and 1 and follow him in the, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. And even Jesus on earth, he operated in the word because he was the word. John 1 and 14 says, and the word, or Jesus became flesh. And he dwelt among us, or he started living on earth. The walking word. And see, as people of God, guess what we ought to be? The walking word. Why is that? Again, 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. You imitate, we imitate Christ. We follow him. Preacher first. Everybody else come. But the, but the bottom line is we're following Christ. Amen? His way is perfect. Walk on what I tell you to do. Do it. Because what I'm telling you to do is without error. And get this, but it seems like error is in it. That was a problem Israel had. God would be telling them to go a certain way or to do a certain thing. And, and they had the audacity to look at God as being in error. And, and we, do, we do that. God can, we, we be want God to... Use somebody to pray for us and we want chills to run up and down our spine. We, we, just, can't, we just can't be open to somebody just saying, well God, well, God told me to just tell you it's well. You ain't going to pray for it? It's well. <laughs> but you're going to lay hands on me. Can you get the oil? And just, but, but he told me to tell you it's well. If I go get the oil, I'll be doing your will. If I press on your head until you fall down, I'll be doing what you want. But he just simply told me to tell you, it's way. Pass on to what I'm going to do. Well, God, it's going to work out. God, God going to work everything out for the good. Yeah, but what I need to be doing in the meantime. And see, this morning, God wants us to know that his 
way is without error. If he tells you something, it's so. If you read something in his word, it's so. Don't, don't be like I used to be. I, I used to say dumb stuff like, well, you know, I prayed, but nothing happened. I don't guess he heard me. That, that was walk. That was dumb walk. Ignorant walk. See, the Bible says you can actually destroy yourself because of being ignorant. Hosea 4.6 My people are destroyed. Why? Lack of knowledge. Then he went on to clarify because you have rejected my word. See, when God tells you something, whether it, whether it's profound or simple, just accept it. Saint God said, "Better is here." God have mercy. All this stuff coming up, Pastor, talking that better stuff. No, you you gotta understand something. This God telling me to say it. I don't have the power to create it. I just, I'm just going to do what he tells me to do. Say what he tells me to say. Because I don't want to be replaced. I'm like Peter. It better, it, when he asked them folk, they told him to be quiet. Look, I want to ask you a question. You think it's better to obey you or to obey God? As for God, his way is perfect. God is an awesome God. John 16 and 13 said, he'll guide us. What? Into all truth. But, but that path he takes you down, it, it looks as if you're going the wrong way. Why is that? Isaiah 55, his ways are not as the ways of man. Neither are his thoughts as the thoughts of man. As high as the heaven is from the earth, so are his thoughts and his ways. But understand what, what Moses told the children of Israel. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? And will he not make it good? Seemed like Isaiah was in on the conversation when, when he later on said, Once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him empty or void, but it will accomplish everything that he sent it why is it that way? Because God's way is perfect. Say to your neighbor, God's way is perfect. Let me show you what it'll do. God, I'm getting happy. Y'all getting happy yet? Consider, consider uh, Psalm 19 and 7. 
Lord have mercy. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The soul refers to a person. Wasn't it the word that changed us? Us obeying his word or his law is what changed us. He gave us steps. We put the steps into action and it changed us. What must I do to be saved? Repent. And God will change your entire life. Turn from that unrighteousness. Turn from thinking like you can folk unless they say. And following the written and revealed word of God. When he converts you, you start thinking, talking, and doing things the way he would have you do. And you're going to run into trouble. I said you're going to run into trouble. See, see you, you, you need to understand, if, if you don't understand by now, everybody ain't glad about you being saved. Everybody don't like to hear your testimony. Everybody is not excited about you talking about how God is blessing you during a pandemic. You may not understand that, but there are folk that don't like you and your sayings. I said, there are folks that don't like you and your sayings. When you say things like, God is good all the time, and all the time God is. Well, if he's so good. You down and out, folks ask you, what you going to, God going to take care of me. I'm just waiting on him to give me steps. I'm just waiting on him to tell me his way. And folk will look at you like, you got to be out your mind. But you're telling them Bible, or did you know it was Bible? Let me show you something. Go with me to Psalm 37. Lord have mercy. Just in case. Consider Psalm 37 and 23. We're, talk, we're still talking about God's way of perfect. And his way represents his guide. What he instructs you to do. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Why are you doing such and such and they say you... Why are you acting like you're not afraid? The steps of a good. Good represents just. The justly are by what? The steps of a good man or woman are what? Order. By God. In your being is, I'm just going to wait and let God tell me what to do. 
But see, you won't do that if, if you don't understand the sovereignty of God. If you don't understand that he's El Almighty, you're not going to do that. But when you truly understand that he is in control of everything and whatever happens here on earth, he has to permit it. He has to allow it. Because I'm going to tell you something. If God, if, if God was not in, in control, demons would have been none killed us. It never would have worked out for you. Some folk complain about the bad that they do go, go through. But understand something, earth ain't heaven. But if God was not sovereign, it would be worse than it presently is. And get this, it's probably going to get worse than it presently is. But God yet going to take care of his folks. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And, those, and he delights in his way. God loves it when you, when you ask him what to do and you wait on him to tell you. That pleases God. And you know I could preach about when you please God what he'll do for you. God will do some great things for folk that please him. But notice this. Verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly what? What is that saying? He ain't going to be defeated. He ain't going to be destroyed. He may fall. He may lose a round. But the, but the, but the fight, he's going to win. How many have ever been knocked down since you've been Christian? But you're up right now. God got this thing set up to, to the point to where even physical death can't destroy us. You're going to be defeated. He ain't going to never lose you. Never leave you. But look. He will not utterly be what? Cast down. Some of y'all ain't happy yet. And this is why. For the Lord. Upholds him. How? With his hand. His hand represents his authority. His power. That's what it represents. I'm upholding you. I done been knocked down. I've fallen. And, and, and I love it because when, when you go through stuff, God talk to you. How many know what I'm talking about? He'll talk to you when you go through stuff. You be battling your body. God be saying, hey, it's going to be all right, but you're going to be in the hall pill at least five more days. Why I got to stay here that long, Lord? Why don't you just get me up so I can go on? Because I need folk to see. I need you to come out of here with a testimony. I need you to come out of here with something that's going to help your neighbor, help your friend, and going to help a stranger. I need you to go through it at least three, four more days so somebody that's not born again, somebody that don't know me, will understand the power of God. And see, God even
even allows pandemics to happen in order for folk to understand how real he is. There are knees that never would have bowed if the pandemic hadn't came to pass. Folk who talk a good game but are not in the will of God at this present never would have been exposed if some of y'all ain't liking me for saying what I'm saying. Even God would do that. God had a whole lot of folk talking about they were ready to fight. And then God said, God said to Gideon, they, they ain't ready to fight. And I'm going to show you they ain't ready to fight. Just ask them just out front. Hey, y'all afraid? If y'all let me know or you can go home. Thousands went home. And see, God knew he does not need to be out there fighting these Midianites and he got cowards because in the midst of the battle, they are tucked tail. And then when he looked and seen that it was still some, that he said, wait a minute, I, I, still got, I still got to find out that, that when the battle get rough, who going to stick with you? So, so take them on down by the river. Tell them to get them some water even if they ain't thirsty. And watch how they get the water. Watch you lapping the water. Watch you trying to be pretty getting the water. And so Gideon had to sit back and just watch. And when all was said and done, 300 folk. But it wasn't the 300. It was the hand of God that was with the 300 that caused Israel to get the victory. Y'all still with me? Say to your neighbor, God will uphold you with his hand. When I say stuff like that, I I have been challenged by people. Because they'll say things like, well, you know you got to use common sense. But brother, I don't live by the same principles you live by. I live by faith. And I'm going to tell you all something. What the world calls common sense is often in contrast with living by faith. Common sense will tell you to look and such and such. But faith will tell you don't worry about what you see. Just believe what God said. So you, you have to make a choice. How many understand? We have to know that his way 
his path, his guide is flawless. Because you're going to be challenged. You got to know that God's way is flawless. You have to be to the point to where you never do anything unless you feel that's what God is leading you to do. If he leading you to do it, you do it. Well, common sense should tell you, if the doctor say you need to take these 12 pills, just take these 12. No, I ain't going to do that. I got to make sure God is okay with me taking what the doctor is recommending. No disrespect to the doctor, but respect to my God. Because he comes first. And because I am a good or just man, my steps are. Lord have mercy. Let me hear. Let's go back to uh, Psalm 18 and 30. Again. As for God, his way is perfect. Second part. The word of the Lord is proven. The word of the Lord is proven. We can look around and see folks that, that are living testimonies that God's word is proven. You can touch yourself and, and you can sing that old song that you are living testimony. How many can do what I'm doing right now? Touch yourself and say, I'm a living testimony. I'm proof that God's word is right. Come on now, just touch yourself. Let, let's, let folks look at you. I'm proof. I, I done tried God's word. Even Malachi, when it came to the tithe, told for prove him. Give and watch and see if God won't give back to you. Even Jesus knew prayer was proof. That's the reason he told his disciples in Luke 18 and 1, you got to pray. Pray and what? And you'll find yourself not faint. You'll find yourself not being weak if you pray. But on the other hand, how many of us have not prayed and felt weakness? The word of the Lord is proof. If you don't get fed the word of God, you won't live the way you need to live. That's the reason Jesus said to the devil in Matthew 4 and 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. If you don't live by natural food, you will fill it in your entire being. It'll be, it'll be obvious that you ain't been eating Regular, regular meals or food outwardly and inwardly. You hear me? You go without eating what you like to eat and stuff you don't like to eat. Just, just do it for about three days and, and, and you'll start hearing stuff inwardly. And when you look at yourself, you'll start seeing stuff. 
You may start out saying, oh, man, I'm losing weight. I ain't been eating. I'm losing weight. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop beating so I can just keep losing this weight. Yeah, but you keep losing weight. And now all of a sudden, you're going to start looking at your face and your face. You're going to start seeing craters and all kind of stuff popping up. The biggest organ of your body, your skin, telling you, I need something to eat. Same happened with the word of God. You can't, you can't remain confident. You can't remain on fire and you not receive the word of God. You will not continue to live by faith or to trust God for different things if you don't get the word of God. Some of us know that. Some of us, if you didn't get the word of God, you'll be drinking in a month. And I ain't smiling about it. I ain't going to go back to drinking never. You stop, you stop getting the word of God. Stop receiving God's word. Stop praying. Start, stop worshiping. And you watch what's going to happen. Oh, not me. Never. Uh-huh. When the demons see you not getting the word of God. That demon that used to be in your life going to come back and see it. And make sure you empty. And then that demon going to go and find seven more. Get this. Spirits worse than him. And say, hey, I got somewhere for us to stay. And they're going to feel you. You have to live by the word of God. And if it's not anointed, it's not going to help you anyway. For the latter kills. There are folks who use the word of God instead of it helping you, it hurts you. Why? Because they're not rightly dividing it and because it's not being taught or proclamated under the anointing. That's the reason Jesus, before he spoke a word, let let the people know the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me. To do what, Jesus? Preach. It takes the anointing. How many understand that? Lord have mercy. I got to hurry. Let, let's go a little further. The word of the Lord is proven. It's proven. How many know that? But then he goes a little further as I close it. He is a shield. Protection. To all who trust him. I need to close with Proverbs 3. He's a shield to all who do what? Trust him. How many are convinced that God's way is perfect? Flawless, without error. But your way is what? With error. Yeah, unless you're following who? God. 
It's some good doctors. But if a doctor does not have God, his way is not flawless or perfect. There are some good preachers, good lawyers. But if God is not in it, they can get in error. There are some good governments, males, hmm? city managers and so forth. But if they're not connected to God, they can get in error. The only one that is without error is God. That's when you trust folk, but you only trust them as far as God allows you to trust them. Just like, just like he only allows you to trust the preacher as long as the preacher is following who? Christ. That, that, I mean, it, it needs to be a limit to everybody. I love my children. You need to have a limit. I trust my children. I trust my girls. You, hey, don't be too much. You trust your girls. You better put a limit on that thing. My baby was raised. I trust her. No, you better put a limit on that thing. I love the pastor. You better put a limit on that. You better love pastor as long as pastor is following Jesus. That's Bible. 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, Paul told the church, point blank, follow or imitate me as I imitate Christ. If I ain't imitating Christ, don't follow me. Well, you know me and my husband, we won, and as long as he, long, long as he leading, I'm going to follow no matter what. You speak as a foolish woman. If your husband is not following what's right, you don't follow your husband. Now, don't you go home telling your husband I told you not to follow him. I didn't tell you that. That's not what I said, is it? I didn't say that. I understand, Bible, your husband is the head. But you, if, if you follow somebody that's in error, you're going to mess up yourself. I don't love nobody that much to mess up myself for you. You got to be out your, well, follow me anyway. You got to be out your mind. Lord of mercy. Proverbs 3. We'll start at verse 5. Remember, if we trust him, he, he is a shield to all those that what? Trust him. So keep that in mind as we read Proverbs 3, 5 and following. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And basically hard in the verse means your choices. Your choices. It has to do with your thinking as well, but especially your, your choices. Trust him with your choices. The steps of a good man are what? Order. I mean, trust him with your choices. Because let me tell you something. Folks can't convince you. If you're not focused the way you, you need to be. They'll convince you. They'll put stuff in front of you on paper. To try to, that, that has the capacity to make you believe what's on paper more so than what God said. 
Yeah. But that's the reason he says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? But then he gets into letting us see when we really trust in God. This is how you really know if you're trusting God with all your heart. Look at the first thing. When you really trust God with all your heart, the first thing you see is that you're not leaning to your own what? Anytime you know what God done told you or what you done read in God's word, but you're looking for an alternative, guess what? You're not trusting him with all your heart. God said, ask and it shall be given. I'm, I done asked, so I'm, Lord, well, maybe I need to do such and such. You're not trusting him with all your heart. Second thing, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. That means before you do anything, you're talking to him. You got your mama telling you to do this. You got your cousin telling you to do this. You got Aunt Remy telling you to do this. You got your jack leg preacher friend telling you to do this. You don't do that. You acknowledge who? God. In all your ways. And what are you going to do? Direct your path. Your, your path does not need to be totally trusted to nobody but God. And folk, folks have allowed money to guide their path. There are, there are folks in professions right now that they hate because they, they've decided on the profession based upon money. Without asking God, is this my purpose in life? Money going to come. I don't care what profession you're in, money going to come. Whoever would have thought folk that cut grass would be making six-figure incomes. You got folks that cut grass that make more money than doctors, lawyers. You hear me? Cut grass. When used to, folk that cut grass with children just trying to get a little extra money. But now every way you look, somebody got a lawnmower on the back of that. Pulling a mower somewhere. That's no subject, but anyway. You got to wait for him to tell you what to do. How is he going to tell me, preacher, directly and indirectly? I'm going to tell you something I know. There are things you pray about when you get here on Sunday morning. You get your answer. Reverend up there bragging, ain't it? No, Reverend ain't up here bragging. Reverend up here letting you know that scripture. That's one way you're going to know whether or not the preacher is seeking God. Amos 3 and 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secret, his plan unto his servant, the prophet. Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophet, so shall you prosper. If you pray, asking God to direct your path. If you come in here on Sunday, God is going to give you an answer. That's indirectly. But sometimes, even before, even before you leave your prayer closet, he's telling you exactly what you need to do. But if you don't ask him to direct your path, you decide to do it your way, you ain't trusting God with all your heart. You trust in him, but you trust in him like you trust your friend. You trust him, but you trust in him like you trust your neighbor. 
And we don't need to trust God like we trust friends. Because you know friends are funny. They tell you one thing and then call somebody else and talk about how crazy you are. And some of y'all looking like, really? Yes, really. Verse 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Because won't we try to be wise? Well, if I do such and such, let me see. If I do such and such, that'll give me such and such, such and such. But on the other hand, if I do such and such, such and such, that'll give me this right here. Let me see. That, 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 that. Mm, oh, God. That, that, that. Oh, God. Now, this look good. This right here look good, too. God said that. Oh, let me wait. Let me wait. Let me wait. No, you need to quit being wise. Because you can be that. But it's wrong. It's going to mess you up. Watch this right here I got, as I close it. How many in here you've ever messed yourself up by trying to be smart? Look around you. All right, let's, let's, let's go further. Lord have mercy. Do not be wise in your own what? And then finally he says, fear the Lord and depart from what? Anytime you start leaning to your own understanding, anytime you start taking somebody else's direction over God's direction, you start trying to be wise in your own eyes. Look at what God calls it. Evil. Evil. Say, but doing evil. Good woman, but doing evil. Trusting God, but not with all your heart. Trusting him like he your cousin. And that's evil. But then, verse 8. If you don't lean to your own understanding. If you acknowledge him in all your ways. If, if you don't be wise in your own eyes. If you fear him and depart from evil. Notice, it will be health to your flesh. And strength to your bones. You'll be prosperous. You'll be productive in every aspect of your life. And I'm going to stop right there. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.